Welcome, Black Kings and Queens, to Black Mind Chronicles. I'm your host, Chase Jackson. This podcast is a journey into the questions, stories, and mindsets of Black men and women on the topic of mental health and mental illness. We all often talk about so many things, but the one thing that matters, our own well-being. So let's dive in and start that conversation. In today's show, we're going to discuss the phases of marriage, starting with child raising, different family upbringing, finances, the grief space, and the first years of marriage. My guests for today's show are Oliver and Denise Marcel. Oliver and Denise founded a company called Denali LLC. It's a Maryland-based company, and their goal is to help married couples communicate without frustration and judgment to increase intimacy and build the relationship of their dreams. As authors, speakers, and marriage strategists, they share their journey to encourage and inspire others. You can connect with Oliver and Denise by going to their website, Denali.org, or look for Denali LLC on your social media platform of choice. Denise and Oliver can't promise you that they'll save every marriage, but they can promise you that they'll do everything in their power to help you save yours. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Denise and Oliver Marcel. All right, well, Oliver and Denise Marcel, thank you for joining Black Mile Chronicles. I'm very happy to have you on, and thank you for being a sponsor of today's show as well. Your sponsorship goes a long way um, towards my goals of what this podcast can do for others who want to seek mental, want to seek therapy in the mental health space um, and get other black therapists and professionals um, in the counseling field, wherever they may be known, such as yourselves. So thank you. And thank thank, you. Yeah, thank you. uh, We're actually grateful to you for the opportunity to to speak with you for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Good Uh, stuff. Number one, let's start with your marriage. How did you guys meet and what were you looking forward to for marriage? So as a young person not yet married, what what can I look forward to? Oh. <laughs> How did you guys meet and what did you look forward to? So we met, um, gosh, in 95. Yeah, we met in 95 um, in Michigan at college. And um, I went to college with two little girls. I was a single mother and they had a single parent program. And so that was that is why I chose that school. And plus, I had family members that went to that school and I joined a choir at the school. And Ollie was the musician for that choir. So that's okay. kind of met. And also. Um, while he was in school part time, he worked um, at the daycare that my daughter went to, which was on campus. It was a campus daycare. Okay. And so technically he met my daughter before he met me. And my daughter reminds us of that all of the time, that if it wasn't for her, <laughs> we wouldn't have been together to today. Uh, so that's nice. how we met. Yeah, that's um, yeah, in co- a nutshell. Co- met in college and yeah, just um, became really good friends. Yeah. You know, at the time when we met, it was just, you know, that's just what it was. Um, I had other stuff going on in life. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, so really good friends to start out, man. And, and, you know, to speak to your question about what did we expect once we realized that, hey, this is where it's going mm. um, and this is what's going to happen. Man, I, to be quite honest, 
I wasn't sure at that time what to expect. Same. Yeah. Um, I knew that what I knew going in was that she was different than anybody else that I had dealt with. And I wasn't sure I wanted to let that difference slip by me because I didn't know if I'd find that again. You know, so so going in really, really unsure. Um, and, and I know one of the topics is first years of marriage, and we'll probably dig into to this a little bit more, but mm-hmm. re- really unsure, somewhat unprepared, mm-hmm. um, had some examples, if you will, will mm-hmm. <laughs> examples in air quotes, if you will, of what m- success in that space might look like, right. but, but not necessarily what it would look like for us. So, so kind of winging it in the beginning. Okay. Um, and, and just hoping for for whatever happiness, again, air quotes, is. <laughs> you know? I, I think t- for me, I just thought of this. Since I was a single parent, I think the only thing that for me going into it that I knew for sure that I expected was to not be treated how I was treated before. Okay. Because I had two single, uh, two single, I had two little girls. And to me, I did not want them to repeat what I went through. And so whoever I was with was going to have to um, be different in that way so that they could see how a woman is really supposed to be treated. I knew for sure that that is one thing that I was expecting in the marriage. No, understood. Understood. So let's go ahead and start with the first years of marriage. We could do the first five or just the first three. Um, What advice do you have? coming together within the first years of marriage, the different stages that you know of. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I would say if if I could, mm-hmm. I want to go back a little bit. Okay. So prior to actually walking down the aisle, mm-hmm. and, and this is something that we did to a certain degree, but not to the degree that we encourage couples to do it now. So prior to walking down the aisle, there's some really crucial conversations that need to take place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, so, you know, you heard me say, I wasn't really sure what to expect yeah. and I wasn't sure what to expect because there were some crucial conversations we didn't have, uh, conversations about money and, 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 uh, ideology of, around raising kids and, mm-hmm. and some future goals and mapping out what the mission statement of the marriage is and 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 what where are we going and you know what's your views on sex and and all of these crucial topics that need to be explored and and you need to hear each other's uh points of view, points of view as it relates to that and and how does your family of origin play into into your ideology and and all of these things it's crucial to have those conversations ahead of walking down the aisle mm-hmm. true that will that will help those first three years be a little bit different than if you are trying to craft that on the fly mm-hmm. in those first three years. So like for us, we're trying to craft that on the fly in those first three years. And it was tough. Yeah. First 18 months was tough. We were great friends before. Yeah. But for some reason, that day after we walked down the aisle, it was like, OK, now we got to build something and we don't have no tools. Mm-hmm. We don't have no materials. Yeah. We, we don't know what we want to build. Mm-hmm. We, you know, you know, and so and so it was it was rough. And so those first three years can be they can be interesting. But mm-hmm. I would say my advice and, and I'll see what you say about it. My advice would be is to understand that you are beginning to build. Someone told us this. They said um, 
you often people often liken marriage to getting married to reaching the pinnacle of Mount Everest. Okay. When actually you're just arriving at base camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. When you say I do. So if you think about that, that imagery, right? Just arriving at base camp, you got to figure out what do I have all the supplies I need? Do I have everything ready? I haven't even started climbing yet. Do I have everything I need? And then start the tedious task of climbing. Mm. And so couples need mm. to understand that, hey, it's there's some growth that's going to have to happen. There's some learning that has to happen. There is, it's a journey and see it as that. So when you hit those bumps and you get those flat tires and whatever it is that happens, you're prepared that that's going to be a part of the journey. And hopefully the conversations you had ahead of time will, will be fuel and will be beneficial in you getting past those hurdles yeah. i like that it, see, your, your imagery was definitely looks like an uphill battle um i know not everybody makes it to the top of mount everest so i, I can, yeah, can see that, that having the right true. tools hydration food just building your yeah. own strength to make right. it exactly. I got right you. and i mean it's not always uh i mean you're going uphill yes but it's not necessarily always an uphill battle mm-hmm. person you know sometimes you can be going uphill but, you know, your breathing is right. And so everything isn't you have everything you need, but you are going uphill, but you're going at a steady pace. And so you're not hitting any bumps that the terrain is not that bumpy at that time. And so, yes, you're going uphill, but it's not always a battle to go uphill. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your breathing is good when you're going uphill. You're steadied your breathing. You've steadied your pace. And your incline is it's rising, mm-hmm. but because you have all the tools you need at that particular time, it doesn't seem like so much of a battle. And then you do hit bumps. So it's a little bit of both when you're going uphill. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to clarify yeah, that. That's good. I like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. but to add on to um what it was like for us, I think going into it too, for me, I felt like okay, we're married now. Before we got married, we were great friends. We did everything together. We had so much fun. We were literally best friends. Even if I was going to the grocery store with the girls, I'd say, hey, I'm going to the store. Do you want to tag along? And we would just have fun with just the simplest things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think afterwards, when we got married, I felt like, okay, we're married now. How are we supposed to be? We got to get serious. You know, we can't, you know, have we can't be having so much fun, so to speak. We got to get serious. We're married people now. And I think for Ali also, he still had a little bit of his single-minded mentality that he brought into the relationship. And so it was just that conflict of me trying to keep everything really, really rigid and Oliver not necessarily letting go of all of his singular mindset is that right would yeah. you agree yeah i agree yeah. Oliver, can we talk about that um the single-minded mindset what types of things did you have and did you have to let go of once you were mm-hmm. married man uh this this you you about to have this gonna be a long conversation <laughs> I, I, i'm taking notes let me get my notebook hold on <laughs> this is for me just as much as everybody else so so what i tell guys <laughs> often is in preparation for marriage, right? We talked about having those those conversations mm-hmm. that the crucial conversations that need to have. You also need to prepare your your mind to think duality now. Okay. Right? So if you think about how we grow up, we're all taught to, you know, look out for yourself, mm-hmm. take care of yourself, 
don't let anybody take advantage of you. It's all of these things that allow you to put some parameters around yourself that keep you in this box right. that protects you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Then you have guys like me who are, you know, it, the the freedom of dating whoever I want to and, and not really having to commit or you know, or choosing in the middle of commitment to walk away if so if I so desire and mm-hmm. and and the things that I was able to do the freedom to come and go mm-hmm. uh you know and and make certain decisions that that only benefit me and I'm not thinking about how they benefit anybody else that's attached to me mm-hmm. all of those things I took in to marriage and if you're thinking duality you can't make a decision without you know first counting the cost of okay I have a wife I have now two daughters as well. Mm-hmm. Does this benefit the the establishment mm-hmm. or am I just selfishly making a decision for myself? And so those are some of the things I, I had to let go of. So some of that selfishness, mm-hmm. the ideology that I, I'm, I'm my own person, which I am. Now, don't get me wrong. You're mm-hmm. your own person. But because you're part of a team now, mm-hmm. if you think about it, a basketball team, mm-hmm. the, the guy who's out there just freestyling. The other four dudes are like, yo, we like we're part of this, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. And so learning how to to navigate that space as a team, that was something that I definitely had to learn. And I had to unlearn the the selfish things and, and really kind of realize that it wasn't about me mm. to put it in a nutshell. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Very good. Yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else on that before we move on? Um, I think that's, I think that's, yeah, I I think, I think that's, I think that's the main thing. It's just, it's just about remembering now that the goal is it's, there's duality in, in your, in the way that you think, right. And that team mentality. Yeah. It's important. All right. Since you both came from, um, I guess, different family dynamics, can we talk about how you navigated those waters to come together? Yeah, yeah, I we mean, can we do can us. use. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's say. what we do often. Okay. All right. People who are around us know we're gonna use, we're gonna come out of our own playbook often. So yeah, <laughs> it it was it was um we do come from different dynamics. Um, my mom was a single parent of four girls, and so wow. you know all of my sisters are single parents. I was a single parent of mostly girls. All of us. We have a few boys in there somewhere sparsed in, but mostly girls. So. All of my life, all I've known and all I've seen is this woman's strength. I, I tell this story a lot where I remember when I was a little girl, my um, our washer stopped working, our washing machine. And I remember seeing my mom flip that thing over and fix it and then flip it back over. And, you know, so my mom was just a, like just the person where if it got to get done, I'm going to have to do it because I'm a single parent. I have a family, I'm raising all of these girls Mm -hmm. and we got to get stuff done. And so I kind of grew up with that mentality. I saw my sisters do it. I'm the youngest of the four girls and I did it too. And so it was really difficult in the beginning for me and Oliver bringing myself and the girls into this relationship now where Oliver has to have a say in certain things. And I found that was really uncomfortable for me because I was like, well, that ain't how we've been doing it. It's just been us and we were fine doing it this way. But I had to really retrain my mind like, no, 
this is my family now. And, you know, we're going to have to, we, me and Oliver have to come to an agreement on how certain things are done. And I had to let go of that mentality of, I can do it all by myself because I have to, I have no choice. That was difficult for me in the beginning. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the advice to couples would be to realize that you are building something brand new. Yeah. Yeah. So she came from that environment where she saw women do everything. Mm-hmm. I My parents are together. Mm-hmm. However, I, my the environment I came from, I saw my dad do everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, these are certain things that I'm supposed to do. And yeah. there are certain things that are supposed to happen because I'm the guy and I'm the man in the, in the situation. Mm-hmm. And both of us coming with those two ideologies, it's it's super difficult to craft a team Mm -hmm. because I'm bringing my own stuff and I'm like, this is how it's supposed to happen. She's bringing her own stuff. She's like, this is how it's supposed to happen. So wait, we were like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. After, you know, banging our heads together (laughs) enough times, we're like, wait a minute, how do we set this up? What's the strategy that we can craft that works for us? I like that. I like that. It's it's that that's supposed to. I mean, especially these days, because you know, mar- marriages aren't like they used to. It used mm-hmm. to be, at least I can say from what I see. Yeah. Um, I know, especially my age group, millennials, we've gotten away from the traditional, if you will, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when you do come across millennials or just those who are getting ready to get married nowadays, are these new couples? How do you or what do you advise for the supposed tos? Because like we said, things are different now. So as far as what what's the man supposed to do, the woman supposed to do, how do you how do you advise on that? What, what's your advice? I think that kind of speaks to what you just said. Mm-hmm. You're creating something new. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, a lot of times there is this tradition of husbands do this and wives do this. Mm-hmm. But practically, that doesn't always work. And so I think you what you have to do is have a conversation Mm -hmm. of what it is. What are your strengths? Like it could be that I'm the, the one that handles the, the finances in the relationship because he may not really, that may not be his strength. He may spend more than we can afford, or he may not want to, you know, may not spend when we should be spending. So it's just what, what, what are your strengths? What can you bring to the relationship or what can you bring to this team Mm -hmm. that make the team better? And so I think we have to let go of, you know, husband should do this. That's how it's always been. And wives should do this and just come to an agreement of what you both bring to the team that will strengthen the team. Where are your strengths? And how can we use that in the relationship? Yeah. I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, the strengths is a good. It's a good. Yeah, that's that's a good word. It's it goes back to before you walk down the aisle, right? Having these conversations because it's not you. You said it right. There, there's marriage doesn't look the same as it relates to to roles and mm-hmm. as it relates to how that plays into to the marriage journey. And I think it's not about roles. It is about strengths, yeah. right? It's about responsibilities. If, if I'd say it, I'd say it's not about roles. It's about responsibility. Okay. Right? And and who, who can be responsible for this in such a way that the team gets yep. the 
ultimate and optimum benefit. Yeah. I like it. And it may be very different. Like we have some friends who talk about the traditional roles, right? So let's, let's talk traditional roles, traditional roles. The husband might be the person who's out doing, you know, mowing the lawn and painting the house and all that kind of stuff. And the wife is baking cakes. We know a, a couple that is the exact opposite. Yeah. This dude has not touched the lawnmower probably his entire life. <laughs> but he'll but he'll bake you a, a, a red velvet cake and yeah. that bad boy will be slamming. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the flip. The wife is a painter. She does matter of fact, she she's so good at it that she owns a business doing that. Yeah. Painting, um, flipping houses, you know, hey, let it work tearing walls down. You know, so it's just what, what what's the works. responsibility, right? Yeah. And and how and who's a person that can perform that responsibility to the degree that the team benefits? Yeah, I like yep. it. I like it, y'all. Thank you. All right, so let's jump into finances. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate finances in a marriage? I've heard, of course, different things from different folks over the course of the show and just, of course, throughout life. Yeah. But what, as marriage counselors, what do you to advise for couples, especially new couples? Mm-hmm. Do you go the traditional um, everything in one pot as per, you know, um, religion? So some of us who do follow um, the Bible, um, what do you guys advise? Or is there a new method out there? I don't know I, if there's a new method. Yeah. Um, Again, I think it just goes yeah. back to what works, what works for your relationship. Okay. Yeah. I don't believe that there is a right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I will say this. The the more nuanced your scenario is, Mm -hmm. the more conversations you have to have. Yeah. So if you take the all in one pot scenario Mm -hmm. right now, it's now it's about management. Right. Conversation is going to be something like, hey, like I I do this all the time. Hey, I need to do such and such and such. It's going to cost such and such and such amount. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Right. So that's that's that kind of conversation. But now if it's if it's a situation where it's like uh, there's a there's a single pot for X, Y, Z thing. Let's say there's a single pot for the mortgage and the bills. And then there's your account that you have for leisure. And there's my account that I have for this particular thing. Mm-hmm. The, the more nuanced. Right. It is the more conversations you need to have. Mm-hmm. And that's typically the advice that we give couples, I'm not going to tell you, hey, you should do this, this and this as it relates to your budget and finances. Mm-hmm. But I am going to tell you that the more you split things up, <laughs> the more you got to come together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Because yeah. those conversations are crucial and it and it can't be the one thing we do say is. Even if it's going to be a, this account here and this account there mm-hmm. as a team. You have to approach everything, including finances, with the team mentality. Mm -hmm. So I can't be like, this is my money. And you have no say over it. Yeah. And there's nothing that you can do over here. And I have free reign to do whatever I want. Because now you're not playing like a team member. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes, you may be able to do what you want, but I can't just up and just... I got somebody to think about, like we were talking right. about, in the, you know what I mean? And right. so that's that's kind of what we do. And, and typically with couples, there's an there's an assessment that we do. Like if we're going to do one on one coaching, mm-hmm. 
the preferred method for us is that there's an assessment that we do. And part of that assessment does talk about money. And the beauty of that is we're able to craft that discussion specifically to that couple. Right. Because yeah. everybody's going to be different. So once we see what comes back from that, now we're able to give some very specific advice. Okay, you should do this. Mm-hmm. We recommend you do that. And and so that's how that's when it becomes very specific for us. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. I don't think that there's any right or wrong to one pot more than one. I don't think that there's a right or wrong for yeah. that. I just think it's just whatever agreement, because you have to talk about it, mm-hmm. the both you come to is the bottom line. Now, I will say this for us. Again, we come out of our playbook. Mm-hmm. So if you want to oh, pull back the curtain on us, there are there's two pots. Mm-hmm. Well, there's three pots. Okay. But but we both have hands in, in all three. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not a his and hers. There's three pots for three different things, mm-hmm. but we both have access to all three pots. Yeah. yeah, no, understood. Understood. Yeah. And also, too, um, you just got to have, I think it's important and probably a good idea to know each other's financial situation before you get married, mm-hmm. just so that you know what you're going in with. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just so that you know what you're going in with, you know, how things are going to begin, how yeah, things are going to Nobody wants to get blindsided, for sure. Nobody right. wants to get right. blindsided. What kind of debt do you have? Do you have, you know, college debt or whatever, medical bills, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think it's super important to at least know that, you know, ahead of time. Yeah. Know what's going on with your future spouse or your spouse-to-be ahead of time as far as that goes just know the financial status just so like you said you're not blindsided and you can and you can craft some strategy on yeah. how to deal yeah. with mm-hmm. yeah and look one one strategy that i do know of is um dave ramsey's debt snowball if you have you heard of it yeah. okay yeah mm-hmm. um, not, not trying to plug dave ramsey but you know that is a good method just you start <laughs> with the smallest and work your way up to the biggest um yeah and just that by itself it does work so mm-hmm. it does. that is yeah. one, one strategy. Don't know how many others are out there, but hey, I like it. And yeah. and that's good. Right. So yeah. that leads into some very good advice, which is make sure that you are crafting a strategy. Mm-hmm. No matter what your methodology is, whether it's one pot or many pots, mm-hmm. make sure that you have a clearly defined strategy that both of you have signed off on. Mm-hmm. And now you know what the plan is moving forward. So you're not just winging it. Mm-hmm. Right. When you start winging it, that's when the crazy stuff happens. And, and we all know finances is a major cause of disruption in a relationship. Yeah. And so and part of that disruption comes from the lack of preparation mm. and planning and strategy. Yeah. Right. Very true. <clears throat> all right. Well, now we're going to take a mini break. So I want to hear about since you guys are my show sponsor. And once again, thank you so much for that. So tell me about Denali and how you guys formed it. Okay, sure. Um, man, <clears throat> the short version of the story is we started out as bloggers. Okay. That was literally the only thing that we had in mind. Started out as blogging, and the, the goal of blogging was to share our journey in hopes that it would encourage and inspire others on their journey. And um, fast forward. That's not all God had intended. And it became, you know, speaking and podcasting and videos and coaching and all of that. And um, 
Denali, the name Denali came out of uh, our desire when we first got married to get the Yukon Denali truck. <laughs> and, and you know, it's spelled different. It's D-E-N-A-L-I, right? Mm-hmm. I think. So we were like, you know what? We're going to get that truck one day and uh, we're going to change the spelling to D-E-N-O-L-I, right? <laughs> so fast forward, I'm having a conversation because it started out as Marriage is Our Ministry. That was our name when we first started out, Marriage is Our Ministry. And we wanted to get into the corporate space as well. And so I had a conversation with someone in the corporate space and they were like, you know, it's good if you want to be in the faith based space, keep doing what you're doing. If you don't want to be in the faith, if you want to kind of mix worlds, it might be tough getting into places with the word ministry in your name. So maybe consider changing it. And so we were thinking about the name and that kind of thing. It was like, wait a minute, we've had the name for since we were married. The name's (laughs) Denali. And so. That's that's who we are. Um, marriage coaches, speakers, authors. We use all of that um, with the simple goal of being able to help married couples communicate without frustration and judgment to increase intimacy and build the marriage of their dreams. And mm-hmm. so that's our goal. And everything that we do is helping relationships grow and thrive. Um, my wife and I are a team in that effort. And and that's our that's our goal, man. Marriage enrichment and, and self empowerment. And now, back to our show. Let's jump into um, child raising. Mm-hmm. So, of course, everybody wants kids. Babies are awesome, and I hear there's some a few headaches coming with child raising as well. Um, what mm-hmm. are your, what are your guys' stories and advice on child raising, especially for young couples or maybe um, those who aren't so young? Mm-hmm. Um. I think one one important thing to remember is that every child is different. And so the way that you rear one child may not work for another child. Every child is different. We learned that um, with all of our kids. One is a thinker, very quiet, like myself. The other one is a free spirit, um, social butterfly. You know, the things we try to do with her is just not going to work. Um, because she's not that type of person. And then our youngest son, our, our youngest child is, is our son. And he, you know, he's more artistic and he's a musician. Um, that's totally different too. And so it's just all these different aspects. And so you have to learn your child, learn what their strengths are, learn what their passions are, and then guide them based on that, based on what God has put into them. Cause we're all created differently. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I I was just having a conversation recently with someone and they were saying, you know, their son is about to be a teenager. So our our kids are grown. So our youngest is 18. Mm-hmm. So kind of been through all the stages. Mm-hmm. And I was very transparent with her. And I, I said, you know, a mistake I believe I made early on was that I. I I put rearing over relationship. Mm hmm. And so everything that I'm saying is instructional and everything that I'm saying is disciplinary and and it's these undertones, right. Of just rearing, 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 rearing Mm -hmm. and not developing relationship. And so Mm -hmm. I, my advice to parents is find the balance between those two, right. They're, they're, you're dealing with a human being. Yeah. So everything you do as a human being, they do as well on their level. 
So if you think things through, if you make bad decisions, if you are uncertain about things, if you have insecurities, so do they. Yeah, that's good. On that level. That's good. Right. And and being able to allow them to share that with you and creating a space where they feel comfortable sharing that with you and you feel comfortable. Now, one thing we were I would say we were pretty good at was really being open and honest with them Mm -hmm. about our journey. Mm in hopes that it would give them some knowledge and guidance to allow them to avoid some of the pitfalls that we fell into. Mm -hmm. And so just developing that relationship from early helps when you go through those stages, because you're going to go through the teen stage where they feel like they know everything Mm -hmm. and you can't tell them nothing. Right. And so you're going to have to rely on the balance between rearing and relationship as you go through those levels. Then you get through that. Right. And so we're in the stage now where like, you know, it just friends, right? Mm -hmm. Talk every day and that kind of thing. So you just have to set yourself up so that you can move through the stages in a way that gives you some cushion. And I believe that that is finding the balance between rearing and and relationship. And I just add to, because single parenting is my passion because I've been there. Um, I just want to add to that. It's super important that you, again, your spouse or your future spouse, you have a conversation mm-hmm. yeah. beforehand. If if I have children and I'm about to marry you or if you have children and we're about to get married, like this is how my child is. This is my child's passion. This is this child's passion. They're totally different. I just want to make sure that you know that before, you know, we all come together because you can't bring into this relationship what you think how you think things should be. Well, you can't necessarily, but you can't try and change a child's passion or a child's character. So you need to know this child um, before we come into a family together. Also, too, I would add to that it would be a great idea, great idea if you're a single parent to have your future spouse at the right time, spend some one-on-one time with each child so that they can try to form some kind of their own relationship and their own connection because it's almost as if there's some catching up that the incoming parent has to do and not that you're trying to take the place of this child's biological parent but I think it's super important to build relationships the incoming parent with each child and then with the children collectively and also to have a conversation with your future spouse on this is how this child is. This is the challenges this child has. This is where this child shines. This is where this child, you know, is is a little vulnerable. This is this child's character. This is this child's passion. Super important. No, you're right. Um, everybody is different. And when you're bringing someone new into any relationship, you have to get to know them just like they would want to get to know you. So no matter yeah. who it is. Yeah, maybe even the dog too. Just you know, they feed yeah. me, so yeah. they have yeah. to know you as well. Yeah. No, very true. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, our last last topic. Well, actually, no. Before that, what is your favorite? What was your favorite stage for child raising? Do you guys have a favorite stage? Mm. The oh, teens, that's new that's out, a, out of your house, out of your hair. Um, I would think. My favorite stage was when they were younger, only because, you know, teenagers, 
like you said, they, they think they know everything and it's just really frustrating and it's not always a great stage. Depending. It's not always like that. Depends on the child. Um, yeah, I, for me, I would say that when they were younger and they were more innocent and didn't have so much opinion, <laughs> yeah, I think that's... that was just the, the, the more fun stage. It's just they're, they're innocent, they're carefree, you know. Um, Look to you as heroes, they, <laughs> all that. Yeah, yeah true, true. right, right. We're heroes and they don't have so much influence you know, from whatever school, where just the world, period. And so I just think that that is a more fun stage just to see the innocence and the carefree, happy, um, the carefree and happiness that they exude and, you know, just not so much influence and not so much going on around them. That's it. Yeah, that's a great question for me. I'm not sure I have a specific answer to that. I think that there were there were pieces of each stage that I look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, a favorite—that's a great question, man. I, I obviously, you know, you love to see them grow and learn and explore and yeah. and pick up things. And but I, I think there were pieces of every stage. Yeah, so like. We've gone through all of them, right? Yeah. And, and now kind of beginning again with, with a grandson. Yeah. So, you know, I love this stage. He's yeah. almost two years old mm-hmm. and just l- watching him mimic people and <laughs> listening to him try to say words that he heard and that kind of thing. That's that's fun. But again, like with my kids, I'm looking forward to like when he's five yeah. and because there's certain things we can do at that point And so yeah, that's man. I, I love that question though. It's Good it's question. definitely giving me something to think about because mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, the adult stage, if you will, like when they become adults and like with with our daughters, we're we're seeing <clears throat> some of the things that we've said that they now that we said when they were younger that they now realize, mm-hmm. and so seeing them realize that and then being able to have those kinds of conversations based on the fact that they're like, oh, wow, you said that to us when we were 16. And yeah. you know what? You're right. Yeah. You know, and I, I like that's, that as yeah, well. That's pretty you know cool. What I mean? so, yeah. so, yeah, it's I think there's there's pieces of all of them. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Um, OK, last one. Last one. And my computer mm-hmm. will unfreeze. Grief space. So. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about as a couple, how do you handle grief or how you support one another during grief and the advice you give other couples Mm -hmm. um, on how to walk that path together? Mm. Man, that that was the key word you just said together. Yeah. Um, There are some things in life and in your marriage journey that I would never challenge you to attempt to go through by yourself. And grief would be one of those. Mm. Um, and together, I believe, and you tell me what you think, babe. I believe together encompasses more than just the two of us. Together should include uh, extended family for that level of support. Uh, together should include some level of therapy, grief, grief, uh, counseling. grief counseling, or you know, just some kind of. Uh, something in the clinical space that 
allows you the safe space to unpack some of the things that you probably can't unpack in the other support systems that you have, whether Mm -hmm. it be extended family or maybe not even with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I do believe that it is a team effort Mm -hmm. as it relates to moving through the grief space, because attempting to do that on your own is uh, you're setting yourself up for what could potentially be a very tough hole to dig out of. Um, yeah, that's good. I I would just add to that, too, that walking through the grief together doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, I'm grieving, I'm upset, and I'm, I'm having a difficult day because of it doesn't necessarily mean that because he's not having a difficult day that day, that he's not walking through it with me. Um, I think that... You, what we would both have to realize is that our grief stages may differ even though we're going through it together. So one day he may feel okay and I may not, but that doesn't mean that he's gonna, you know, look back at me and be like, come on, you know, get with it. You know, he, the person has passed, you know, get over it type thing. No, he's going to be beside me still and, you know, letting me know that he understands the grief. He understands the pain that I'm going through and it is painful and I'm here for you. How can I help you? What do you need from me right now? Um, I think it's important to remember that you won't necessarily be at the same grief stages. And that doesn't mean that you can't still be supportive. Yeah. And, and you may have to work with a, a a clinical professional on this piece, but it's important to be able to articulate the the nuances of that grief right mm-hmm. or to be able to articulate <clears throat> the the triggers and uh, identify those things and be able to articulate that to your spouse right yeah. so that they understand okay I, I see them in this particular space or they're looking this particular way or I know that something is happening and then they can go ahead and 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 lend that level of support for that particular thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so being able to articulate those things as you identify them and maybe going to a grief counselor to help you identify them so that you're able to articulate that helps with the, the back and forth that needs to take place between communication and support Mm -hmm. that will allow you to go through that grief process um, in, in a way that it, that is, that is, is healthy for you when you come out the other side. Yeah. No, but I think you said it best, um, especially when when seeking clinical help, because most some people I say some people may not know how to handle grief on their own. And then when they get yeah. married, I mean, you you're not only trying to handle yours, which you don't know how to, but also somebody else's. So right. you know, actually yeah. resources would be great to know Indeed. how to help your partner um, navigate yeah. those waters so they're not feeling right. alone together. And just bring them out right. of it if you can, just slowly but surely, just step by step. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Oliver, Denise, once again, thank you. Look, this was the show short, short and sweet. I hope Um, (laughs) this is great. Thank you all for your advice. Like I was taking notes myself. So look, I'm always learning something new on each show. And thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. It was great. Yeah. Our pleasure. Thank you for joining me 
for this episode of Black Mind Chronicles. I hope you heard something today that helps put your mind at ease about talking to a licensed professional or to know, above all else, that you are not alone. This show was produced and edited by myself, Chase Jackson. Subscribe and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at Black Mind Chronicles and on Twitter at Chronicles Black. Email the show at blackmindch at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Black Mind Chronicles. Thank you.